The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide. Have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody? Suspected a partner of cheating? Worried about your online reputation? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need Truthfinder. Truthfinder may reveal court records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, assets, and a lot more. You get it all in one easy-to-read report. Why fork out thousands of dollars to a private eye when you can do the job yourself? Go to truthfinder.com nancy and enter any name to get started. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. A high school girl, straight A's, a hockey star, a lacrosse star, is found brutally murdered and buried in a shallow grave at a local park, Lincoln Park. Her boyfriend is soon identified, and he's convicted of the murder. But now, after a high-profile podcast called Serial, insists that he's innocent, is he getting a new trial and set to walk to add insult to injury? The victim 
little hay. Hay Lee's family cannot speak English. They and she have no voice. Well, you know what? They're getting one. They're getting a voice. We want justice for Hay Lee, and that means to many court watchers that her killer, Adnan Syed, stays behind bars. Lady Justice, are you listening? A&E tonight, Thursday night, 11 p.m., Grace versus Abrams. Please join us. Sex MacGyver admits that he shot his wife Diana as they drove near Piedmont Park. He is accused of murdering his wife last September as they drove home from their Putnam County ranch. He says it was a terrible accident when he was sitting in the backseat of his SUV holding a pistol. It just absolutely was an accident. Perhaps the best proof of that is me. I am dying a little bit every day. The longtime friend and confidant of Ms. MacGyver says she's certain that Tex MacGyver had fallen asleep and was asleep while holding his weapon. He had asked Diane for it because he was concerned about them driving down a street where homeless people were hanging out. He says it went off and shot his wife, Diane, in the back. High-profile and incredibly wealthy attorney, guilty in the shooting death of his gorgeous, much younger, and extremely well-to-do wife. He claimed it was all an accident, but how can you shoot somebody in the back and that be an accident? Well, it's a long, long story, This is Crime Stories. I'm Nancy Grace. Thank you for being with me. And with me, the man who managed to secure that guilty verdict. Yes, it was a jury decision. But the lead prosecutor from the Atlanta District Attorney's Office is with me right now, my former trial partner, Clint Ruckert. Clint, I got to tell you something, buddy. When I first heard the charges... I was very concerned, and this is what bothered me. Guys, we're talking about Tex McIver and his wife, Diane. She was the one who worked her way up the ranks of a national business Corey limousine. She was the one with the money, although he was the high-profile lawyer. They were out that night with a family friend, the husband in the back seat. He was holding a gun in his hand. He says he dozed off and bloop. He pulled the trigger and shot her in the back. Take a listen to this. And as I learned in the scouts, it's your obligation to protect people around you. And that's what I was doing that night. That's what I've done other times. And sometimes that's a weapon. Sometimes it's martial arts. It's whatever we we need. But uh, gun, guns are not my thing. Then Joe came to a stop. And uh, anyway, I just, just time to wake up. Uh, but she came to a stop, and uh, I was handling the gun. Uh, and I realized it was in my lap, right. and, and it went off. Okay, was that an accident or was it murder? This is what bothered me, Clint. Okay. What bothered me is this, that when the wife, Diane McIver, goes to the hospital, they say what happened. She said it was an accident. Clint. How did you get around accident, which is a complete defense? Well, first of all, Nancy, let me tell you, um, I miss you. <laughs> and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to uh, to come on and speak about this case, because it was a very, very important case in our community. And, um, and a lot of what um, 
is portrayed is not the complete story, Nancy. Oh, I love that. I love that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we get back to how you love me and miss me? Yes. Okay, wait, wait. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) Clint, Clint, I got to tell you something. I watched you. You were awesome in the courtroom. You must have had an incredible teacher, but um, (laughs) I won't go into that either. What you're saying is that we don't know the whole story. Yes. You're right. Unless you sit there and you hear the evidence every minute or you investigate it yourself, you don't know. Tell me the whole thing. Start at the beginning. Well, you know, Nancy, the thing that we found out uh, about this case that made it particularly intriguing for us and led us to indict the defendant, Mr. MacGyver, with these charges is that the image of a perfect loving uh, marriage without any problems was really a fallacy. Um, There were issues in the marriage that we found out that had to do with not only finances, but also the um, handling of both Diane MacGyver and Tex MacGyver's estate. And so what does that have to do? Handling her estate, what does that have to do with her getting murdered? The estate didn't occur until afterwards. Yes, but they had been arguing about how to transfer the major asset for both of them uh, upon their death, which was the ranch, which was valued at several million dollars. And Diane McGovern had invested many, many millions into this ranch and was desperately attempting to leave it to her godson, Austin Twall. Uh, and the the conflict developed because Tex MacGyver uh, disagreed with that decision. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say Schwal, S-C-H-W-A-L-L? Yes, someone, a, a, a family that we are very familiar with here in Fulton County. Wait, is his is he connected to Judge Schwal? Absolutely. That's his biological son. Oh, Lord. Lordy, Lordy. Yep. Okay, go ahead. And so... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay. With me is Clint Rucker, the lead attorney in the prosecution against high-profile lawyer Tex McIver, charged and just convicted in the murder of his wife. Uh, ho- hold on. Take a listen to the prosecution. The did have a pension, and our expert will testify that based upon his spending habits, it will be depleted in two years after he retired. And in addition to that, without the money from Diane that he was receiving every month, on the time of her death, the defendant wouldn't even have one dollar. As a matter of fact, without Diane's money, on the day that she died, his account would have been negative over $5,000. You're going to hear... Now, when she drafted the will in 2016, the ranch would go to the defendant. If she foreclosed on the ranch, it was her intent for the ranch to go to Austin. And you're going to hear in the days after Diane was shot and the defendant goes to talk to two homicide detectives at APD. And without any prompting, he tells them, I like to be in control. And on September 25th, 2016, Diane was making all of the money. Diane owned the two condos in Buckhead. Diane could take the ranch. 
This ranch, according to the witnesses, that was his pride and joy. This ranch that he would go to every weekend, that he would host parties at, that he would go shooting at, Diane could take from him. Why do they have a ranch anyway? I I don't understand. They've got this beautiful, high-rise, luxury place in the city of Atlanta. Why? Who who wanted the ranch? Well, when Diane MacGyver met Tex MacGyver, he had owned the ranch for approximately 10 years. It was his pride and joy. He is originally from Texas, and he had longed to live a lifestyle of a Georgia rancher where he would have horses and cattle and large pastures, and, and that really was a fulfillment for him. His okay, problem, wait a minute. You know ranches cost money, Clint. I mean, they do. Very expensive. I, I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by farms. But the kind of farmers we knew were the ones that would get on the tractor and get out right. there and bring in the crop that's not what we're and do talking the work about. themselves. Nancy, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, what are we? Are we talking about a quote gentleman farmer? I.e., has somebody farmer. else do all the work. That's right. That's right. That's I tell right. you what, Clint, it'd be a cold day in H-E-double-L before I propped up some husband's farm. I'm like, hey, if you don't help me, at least don't hurt me. Translation, right. I am That's not right. paying for your farm for you to go play, right. ride a horse on weekends. No. Right, right. And Tex MacGyver's problem, Nancy, was that he had um, been demoted in his partnership at Fisher & Phillips. His income had dropped by more than 50%. Why was he demoted? However, the ranch expense, the ranch expenses remained constant. They were $25,000 a month Holy to run that ranch. Holy what, what, I'm trying to I'm trying to soak all this in. Why did he get demoted? Um Nancy, he just wasn't able to produce the way he had been in previous years. Okay. When I talked to the managing partner at Fish and Phillips, they said, "Hey, listen, this guy is not producing the way that he had been uh, doing in years past, and it was time so to... So he wasn't making any he rain. Wasn't making any I get rain. it. He wasn't bringing That's enough right. clients. That's right. All right. So who was paying the twenty-five grand a month on the to pay, uh, keep up the farm? Well, over the last three years before Diane's death, she did. She gave him one hundred and ninety-eight thousand dollars in cash. Lord. In order to help him keep up the expenses at the ranch. Okay, Clint. Clint. Did, in cash. Please do not go begging for money to your wife. I please won't. don't do that. Okay. I'm not going to do I it. I don't know if I got to that life lesson with you when when we were working together in the D's. <laughs> please don't do that. So why didn't he just? I learned it. Why didn't he just sell the ranch? Well, you know, Nancy, that's what most folks probably would have done. They would have just adjusted their lifestyle. But he was so rooted in his political uh, power, his position, uh, and all of his influence that uh, he could not shake his way free of divorcing himself from this ranch. And when he got in serious financial trouble, Diane MacGyver actually loaned him Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Take a listen to this. On Diane's death, he went from negative five thousand dollars to over one point one million dollars cash instantly. And he 
was the executor and one of the beneficiaries of Diane's $7 million estate. The easiest way for him to gain control was to kill Diane. And on Sunday, September 25th, 2016, the evidence will show that that is just what he did. Diane MacGyver actually loaned him $350,000. Clint, is it true she took out a note? That's absolutely true, Nancy. Ooh. She took out a note. You know she what that says it. to me? You know what that says what to that me? Say? Okay. What? Think back. Do you remember I was prosecuting that murder? Well, which murder, you may ask. Well, the one when I wrecked my car on the way back from the women's jail in Gwinnett County. I don't know if it's coming back to you yet. Okay, that one. Okay, I didn't have a car. (laughs) My now husband was was getting rid of his car. He gave me his old beat-up, well, it wasn't that beat-up, his old car. He got a new car. About once right. a month, you know, we didn't make anything as a DA, that uh, assistant right. DA. And, you know, I was That's working right. the two night jobs. Every, That's say, right. couple of weeks, I'd throw a handful of quarters on the table and go, hey, hey, here's your payment on the car. See ya. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, we did not have a note. A note is serious between people that are allegedly in love or married. When you make your husband sign a note for the— A for, note. Okay. And Nancy, Mm-mm. she actually filed it with the court. Oh, my star. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And, and not only that, but Nancy, the note had a clause in it that allowed her to foreclose and take over his interest in that ranch for any or no reason whatsoever. She added that clause to the note specifically to cover this circumstance. Okay, yes, you're leaving did. me a little bit speechless, which you know, Clint, is hard to do. Hard uh, to do. Hold on, let me just soak that in for a moment. And I don't want to make Diane out as some shrew. All her coworkers liked her, her family right. loved her, her neighbors right. loved her. But I, I've got a feeling she felt like she was getting used by him as, a, as an ATM. Well, over time, she was a person who had expressed to people that she was getting tired of carrying texts. Um, she was not a woman who was accustomed to having to take care of a man, and he was a man who was accustomed to having women take care of him. Whoa, wait, 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 Obvious wait. bombshell. What? Bombshell. Bombshell right now. Wait, who in their right mind would take care of Tex MacGyver? I mean, he's not that much to look at. I mean, what it, Well, Nancy, what could he offer a woman that she'd want to take care of him? Well, at the time that they met, you know, back in 2001, you know, he was a partner at Fisher and Phillips, which is a prominent law firm. Blah, blah, blah. And he was pretty active in the uh, politics here in the state of Georgia. Still not interested. And, you know, uh, many people feel like this was a marriage of just convenience. It was a business relationship. That allowed do Diane you think that? To, well, I do. This is what the defense had to say. There's really one thing that you need to know about Tess McIver and Diane McIver to know that he did not intentionally choose life, and that is that he loved her. Truly loved her. Deeply loved her. And she loved him back. You are going to hear from multiple witnesses 
that they had a relationship that people were envious of, that they seemed like lovebirds even after 10 years of marriage, that Tex adored Diane, that she loved him, and that they were clearly proud, proud to be married to each other. And that's why he didn't intentionally shoot her. Plant. It was a business relationship. I, I, got, I came to feel that way when you talk to friends and family members that kind of interacted with them. Um, they will tell you things about the way that they communicated with each other that lead me to believe that they were just business associates. Well, wait, I want to know. Like what? Like what? Tell me. Give me one example, Clint Rucker. Like they would never want to be alone, not for dinner. Not for breakfast, not for lunch, not for vacation, not for family trips to the ranch. There was always a request by Diane that someone accompany them. It was as though she did not want to be alone with the defendant, with her own husband. Okay, you just spoke to me. You just spoke to me, Clint, because you know David, you know my twins, and you know me, you know, very, very well. And... Uh, you know, I get up, Clint, about 5.30 every morning, yep. and you know what? Yep. I have just enough time to have one cup of, of hot tea right. with with David. Right. He has coffee. I have tea before he heads out, yep. before I start researching and, and getting the twins ready and all that. One cup. One cup of tea. And do you know that means a lot to me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were a couple that was very different. They would. In, they did not have a cup of tea in the morning. They didn't have a cup of tea in the morning. They would invite the neighbors to come over and perhaps sit down and have coffee first thing in the morning. You know that they were having dinner. Oh, wait, are you serious? I am. I am deadly serious. If they were having dinner, they would invite four or five people over for dinner every night. If they were going to the ranch, they would invite hundreds of people sometimes to come down to the ranch. If they were going on vacation. Well, just like this time, they had the friend, Danny Lynn Carter. That's right. Is, that, is it Danny Lynn or Danny Joe? It's Danny Joe Carter. Gotcha. Danny Joe Carter. And this was the first time, Nancy, this is a, a key point in the trial. This was the first time in over 12 years that Danny Joe Carter had ever gone to the ranch in the same vehicle with Diane and Tex MacGyver. The first time ever. Oh, I know what that means. That means you think it was planned. It was. Because why, out of all, t- 12 years, all this time, right. the, you know, it's time to put the rubber to the road now. He's running out of money. She can foreclose on his beloved ranch. That's his whole image. And this time, the night she gets murdered, you're saying he sets it up for Danny Joe to be there and to end up one of them end up driving. Right. And one of the pieces that we discovered when we investigated is that um, Tex MacGyver attempted to have one of the ranch hands take Danny Joe back to Atlanta on Sunday. Tex MacGyver claimed that he wanted to spend a romantic evening with his wife there at the ranch on Sunday night. But we know that's a lie because Diane MacGyver had an appointment at 7.30 Monday morning to get a massage. So that means he was going to try to have her to himself to do the murder at the ranch away from everybody. That's but correct. it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out So that he way. had to improvise. Can I just ask you this, Clint? And I mean, yeah. did they ever have sex? 
Well, when I talked to a very close friend of Tex MacGyver, he told me that uh, Tex MacGyver was talking to him about his inability to perform um, intimately with his wife. He was very concerned about it. And he Why do you thinking, talk like that? Why do you talk like that? That is not the Clint Rucker that I raised up in the courtroom. It is in not, other words. It is not. In other words, he was not able to get it on with his wife in the bedroom. I think what you're trying to say is MacIver was apparently having erectile dysfunction. That's correct. Now, I might put it in layman's terms if I were in the courtroom. but Right. Okay, so what, is he blaming her for that? Well, and, and, and I don't know what he blamed it on, but I do know there was a period of time when they slept in separate bedrooms. Well, was that at the time of the murder, were they sleeping together? Well, according to friends and relatives, they were not. They were sleeping in separate bedrooms. Now, listen, Clint, you know where I'm going with this. I don't give a mm-hmm. fig about anybody else's sex life. I'm not interested. In fact, I'd rather you not tell me about it. Right. But it's very... It's very relevant when it comes to a murder case, but a domestic homicide, because if people are all in love and they're working on their relationship, they'll at least sleep in the same bed, whether they're too tired at night to do anything or not. I mean, you at least you want to be together. You want to put your foot on the other person's foot. That's right. That's okay? right, Nancy. So, I mean, you just want to be with them because, right. you know, even you if know, the lust Diane, is Diane gone, the love woman. is there. What? Diane was a woman who was very concerned about, um, you know, their image. And so she would not discuss many of these private matters with um, her friends or even her coworkers. Uh, And so she would go to all lengths to maintain this image, this appearance that everything was okay. Okay. Give me an example. I need to know the details. Right. So for instance, um, you know, even in our, you know, in my own relationship, sometimes you can have a disagreement. Oh Lord, are we really going there? Are we really going there? Okay, go Nancy, ahead. Nancy, you know, you can have a disagreement <laughs> and be on your way to an event, and uh, by the time you pull up to the event and get out of the car, everything is warm and fuzzy. That's true. And people don't know that hey, all the way to the event we have been disagreeing about whatever the issue is. Uh, you just don't let people Clint, know. As much as I'd like to talk about you and your life, yes. could you please tell me about how she covered up to make it look like a happy relationship? Well, one example. Well, one example would be that she told one of her coworkers that she was tired of carrying him, that he was not meeting his obligations with respect to the 300 and $50,000 loan, but... No, I asked you, what did she do to make it look like a happy marriage? How did she fake oh, it? Well, they, would, they, would, they would smile, and they would hold hands, and they would be um, um, hugging in public when what we know is that there were arguments and disagreements over money mm. um, that she was very, very, very serious about. Take a listen to this. You led a very successful night, partner at a major law firm, and now at age 74, you're in a jail in Fulton County. Well, I hope to be out soon, but the reality is, um, I just, I I just miss my wife 
so much. It was the perfect marriage. It really was. And I just, I, every day, I reach for her in the morning when I wake up. I just, anyway, I've got her life on my faith. A 38 don't go off by itself. It took me a, maybe a day or two for it to kind of sink in because we were all uh, Diane's family. We're Diane's family. And then we realized it was not an accident. We didn't think it was an accident. And the jury confirmed that today. It was not an accident. Um, his hand was on the trigger. Guns just don't go off. We found the defendant guilty of felony murder. A gun just don't go off, so we didn't think that it was accidental. But what we do know is that she's no longer here with us and that we have to give justice and justice was served. So there are some facts that we don't dispute in this case. Actually, maybe quite a few. One fact you are not going to have to decide is did Tex shoot Diane? Yes, he did. We are not telling you that the gun was sitting on the seat next to him and it accidentally went off. We are not telling you that the gun malfunctioned. No one is going to ask you to decide who was holding the gun when it went off. It was text. That's not a dispute, so don't worry about that. The question you have to decide, was it intentional? And the evidence is going to show it was not. Nothing the state will present to you will prove that this was not an accident. There were arguments and disagreements over money mm. um, that she was very, very, very serious about. Um, she would have even her best of friends, Danny Joe Carter, who had been her friend for 42 years, she would make Danny Joe Carter sign a note for a small loan and would insist that she pay it on time. And Nancy, she even charged her interest. Okay. Her own best friend. Okay. You know what? That gives me an insight into her personality. But you know what, Clint? She worked like a dog to get where she was. And we don't know how many people had taken advantage of her in the past. We don't know that. So the fact that she made people sign a note, I'm not going to hold that against the woman. That's right. Because I respect her. That's right. She was a great businesswoman. That's right. So let me ask you this, Clint. And And her specialty was real estate. Ooh. Let me ask you this, Clint. Clint Rucker. Mm-hmm. Clint, yes. he was indicted with murder one, which is intentional murder, and then felony yes. murder, which, as we all know, is during a felony, which is an aggravated assault in this case, and yes. a, a death occurs, whether intentional or not. But a felony is happening, and a death occurs. Tell me your reasoning why you think this was malice or intentional murder and remember malice can be formed in the twinkling of an eye it's not some long drawn out plan like i poison my husband for three months and he kills over you can form intent bam just in the time it takes you to raise a gun and pull the trigger so why clint rucker you're the lead lawyer in the prosecution of tex mciver do you believe this was malice murder because i know you would not have gone forward with it if you didn't believe it that's right that's right nancy Uh, We went forward on a charge of malice murder because for two reasons, primarily. One, uh, we believe that there was a motive uh, to commit this murder, although in Georgia, motive is not required, as you know, Nancy, Mm -hmm. to prove malice murder. 
but there was a motive present in this case, and it was financial. And two, it was the manner in which the murder was committed, that being the shooting of Diane MacGyver with a 38 revolver that takes 12 and a quarter pounds of pressure to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And she was shot in the back at a trajectory that was inconsistent with what his stated version of the events were. Oh, tell me that about the trajectory. That's very important. Trajectory path is the angle, the the path right. that the bullet takes through the body. That's right. So did it start at the lower back and go upward or from the side, right. down, That's upward, right. frontward, forward? What was the path? What was the true path of the bullet? So the pathway, the pathway as determined by the experts, mm-hmm. Nancy, and you know that they're experts that can determine this kind of thing, um, was that the bullet traveled from the right, side of the defendant to the left from the victim from the victim okay the pathway was upward and it was from back to front and so when you put the trajectory rod through the seat which will indicate to you in a very visible way the way that the bullet traveled you can see where the handgun had to have been at the time when it was fired but more importantly you can see where it could not have been at the time. So you're saying, let me understand, he's sitting behind her in the SUV, and the trajectory path is obviously back to front because he's sitting in the seat behind her. But on her right side, going down, up, coming out, did it come out her front or did it stay lodged in her body? It came out her front. And it was slightly upward, which means that the muzzle of the gun had to be pointed upward through her body. And when you go along the trajectory of the pathway of the bullet, the muzzle of the gun had to have been near his right thigh. This is bad, Clint. This is bad. There's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide. Have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody? Maybe suspected your partner's cheating? Maybe worried about your online reputation? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need Truthfinder. Public records are only recently easily available online. Before websites like Truthfinder, you'd most likely have to visit a courthouse to get that information. Now, it's as simple as entering a name. Truthfinder sifts through millions of public records from all over the country, assembling them into one easy-to-read report. Search the names of somebody you know. You could find criminal and arrest records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, financial assets, and a lot more. Why fork out thousands to a private investigator when you can do the job yourself? Everybody you know has something to hide. Now, you can root out the most dangerous people before you become the next victim. It's not just used to bust bad people. Truthfinder helps Americans reunite with friends, family, even people who served with them in the military. It's never been so easy to find the truth. Go to truthfinder.com slash nancy and enter any name to get started. Guys, if you're just joining me, this is Clint Rucker, the lead attorney in the prosecution of high-profile lawyer Tex McIver, just convicted in the murder of his wife. 
What you're telling me, Clint, I mean, this is it right here. His story was he fell asleep in the back seat while well, he told several stories. And then he blamed the be- blamed the black man, okay? That's right. Black That's Lives right. Matter, according to him, was having a protest, and he got afraid and got out, got the gun, and boop, it went off. All right, then later he said he was asleep. They went over a pothole, and boop. It went off. There's always, but that, right. you know, those two uh, he could have woven together, but no way can he reconcile the the trajectory path of the bullet. Let me understand. You're saying the gun, the barrel had to be pointing toward her lower right back and going slightly upwards and forward. He had, would have to have been ha- be almost down in the the floor of the car to do that. That's correct, and. Because Tex MacGyver was an expert marksman Mm-mm. and literally a gun expert, uh, the bullet missed Diane MacGyver's heart by mere centimeters. You know something that really spoke to me, Clint Rucker? What's that? My, my, my friend, my friend, my longtime friend. Clint, when, you know, that I almost died in childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. That morning, it was a Sunday morning. That's right. November 4. And I was getting ready to go to church. You know I'm going to be in church. That's right. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> and David said, "What? where are you going? I said, we're going to church, David. And I started throwing up. He turned the light on in the bathroom. He went, you are yellow. We're going to the hospital. Right. And I insisted I was going to church. I got in the car. We drove right by the church. He ran every red light to get to the hospital and clint i was in such bad shape he dropped me at the door of the hospital i got in the front door and i laid down on the in the entrance area of the hospital i could not take another step now let me tell you something the fact that tex mciver after he shoots his wife tells danny joe he reprimands her for, I guess, driving too fast to get to That's the hospital. Right. That's right. Literally, slow down. Ooh. You're tell going too it, fast. Clint, tell me what happened. Tell me the whole thing. So, um, you know, you have to understand that Tex MacGyver is a person who has lived in Atlanta for more than 40 years. Mm-hmm. He actually works downtown. Nancy, you're very familiar with downtown Atlanta. He works at the intersection of Peach Street and 12th Street. Mere blocks from... Emory Crawford Long, just a few blocks from Piedmont Hospital. And uh, uh, Diane MacGyver worked at Corey Enterprises, which was right across the expressway from Grady Memorial Hospital. You needed the to be at Grady Trauma, trauma Unit in, in the, the southeast. southeast. That's right. And so, of course, when he says, according to him, he accidentally shoots his wife, his first thought is, let me drive to another county to take her for medical treatment. Let me drive across town to the furthest hospital possible. But what about, did did he reprimand Danny Joe about her driving? Yes, he did. Uh, Tell yes, he me. Did. She was trying, she said she was in a panic um, after the shot was fired, and she didn't realize that Diane had actually been hit with a bullet. She thought that the bullet had gone in the floorboard because when she turned around and looked in the back seat, she saw... Tex MacGyver with the gun in his hand, and he was wiping his hands, making a motion like he was wiping his hands as though trying to rid uh, himself of the gunshot residue that might have been on his hands. And um, 
And she said in her mind, she thought about going to Piedmont, but you know, she was on Piedmont Avenue, Nancy, near uh, Piedmont Park, and she didn't know how to navigate through the Prado to get to Piedmont Hospital. Right. And she asked Tex MacGyver, where is the closest emergency room? And he said, let's just go to Emory, and I'll tell you how to get there. So as he's directing her to drive, and she's driving, and she's trying to run red lights, and she's trying to get there as quick as she can, he says to her, slow down, in essence, because I don't want you to hit a woman who might be out walking her baby. That's a quote. Was there a woman out walking her baby at that time of night? Absolutely not. This was at 10.15 on a Sunday Slow evening. Slow down. Okay, you know what, Clint? You've convinced me. Slow you down. You have convinced me. And I, I don't need to hear the rest. Slow down. I don't need to. I just. Mm. And I'll give you this. I'll tell you this other thing, too, Nancy. Do you know that in the back seat next to him, was his own cell phone, and he never called 911. He never called 911. Can I ask you one other thing, Clint? When he got, when they got to Emory, and I haven't heard this discussed one way or the other, did he ever show his wife any love? Well, that was the interesting thing. We've talked to so many doctors and nurses and medical professionals who tell us that although people grieve in many different ways, there's a universal sign that most people show when they are grieving and he did not display any of those signs he didn't cry well, did he love he her did he kiss her anything he didn't kiss her he didn't ask about her condition he didn't stand outside the room when they were working on her what he did was he called his criminal defense attorney to come to the hospital that was the very first phone call that he made when he arrived at emory you know what clint you have just brought tears to my eyes because you know what? If I could, you know my story. I know. If I could have one kiss yeah, I know. from my fiancé that was murdered or one kiss from my father now who's gone to heaven, oh, what I would give. That's right. Nothing like mm. that. Mm, Nothing mm, like that. Mm. He never asked to see her. He never wanted to be in the room with her. Although Emory has a policy that allows family members to be in the room. He never he never wanted to do that. Take a listen to this. We would like to say to Diane, we hope that you are watching and we hope that you felt that we stood for you and we stood for the things that you represented. Uh, secondly, we would very much like to thank the jury. Uh, I think most of the people who watched this case could see that the jurors worked extremely hard. Uh, they took notes. They were very attentive. And uh, they did something today that might not happen in the normal case. At one point, they said they couldn't reach a verdict. Uh, the judge charged them with the Allen charge. And the jury had enough uh, ambition and reasonableness about itself to go back and they return the verdict. And we believe that the verdict is one uh, that spoke the truth. Clint, I want you to explain something else. You know, you and I lived through this together when I was trying cases in inner city Atlanta. People think there's a big victory when you get a guilty verdict. Right. 
I never felt that way, you know. Right. I just felt relief that the right thing had been done. That's because right. Because you still have a dead victim. That's right. That's right. What What went through your mind when you heard the jury come back with a guilty verdict? Well, it was it was satisfaction that um, you know, Nancy. The work we do sometimes is really really thankless, but we do it because we believe in the system. We believe in being a voice. For the voiceless, and in this case, Diane MacGyver didn't have any biological family members. Mm-hmm. Um, she only had us that would stand up for her and uh, seek truth and justice for what happened to her. And so it was relief and satisfaction that the jury understood the evidence. They understood the facts. They deliberated, I think, very diligently. You know, Nancy, we had a very, very smart jury. Um, the majority of our jury had advanced degrees. They worked in professions that required them to make tough decisions all the time. And I think they looked at the facts of this case. And, and from what I understand from talking to the jurors, um, many of them believed that this was a deliberately intended act. And they were split with other jurors who felt like perhaps it was not intentional, but he had the intent to shoot her versus the intent to kill her. All I know is this, Clint Rucker. I thank God that Diane McIver had you standing up for her in court. Everyone, my friend and colleague, the lead attorney on the Tex McIver prosecution, Clint Rucker. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Nancy. I love you. I love you too, Clint. I love you too, man. Take a listen to the prosecution's Clint Rucker. I started out my presentation by asking you a question. Who will stand for Diane McGowan? Who will stand for Diane McGowan? Carl. Diane tried to stand up for herself in her last waking moments. Dr. Suzanne Hardy asked her a question. Dr. Suzanne Hardy asked her a question. Do you want to see your husband? If I put this tube down your mouth, you're not going to be able to speak. Diane knew she was going. She said to her over and over again, am I dying? Am I dying? We've talked to folks. They'll tell you, know, especially old people, they know you know. And so she asked her a question. Listen, you told me that it was an accident. Do you want to see your husband? And she said,
come. Who will stand for Diane Magava, a great woman she tried to be? Ladies and gentlemen, will you stand? Will you stand for Diane Magava? As she cries out, who will stand for me? Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.